It has effectively been way too long since our last episode. Uh, welcome to Gamish Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon. It is just myself today, as I have no co-host. So we're going to make do with what we got, and we're just going to go off rip here. So a lot of things have happened since the last episode. And to give you kind of a timeline of uh, the last episode, I want to say we were talking about um, upcoming movies uh, and whatnot, and that was going to be Doctor Strange was coming out. So there, I mean, that tells you in the sense. So our last episode was on March 31st, and right now it is July 17th. So we definitely got a bunch of stuff to cover, and I do intend to cover a good bit Kind of give you guys an insight of what was going on, why um, this episode has taken so long to come out. And for you guys that have stuck with us, thank you so much. And I hope you guys really enjoy the episode. So without any further ado, let me get situated here in my chair. Um, Yeah, so like I said, Doctor Strange was like the biggest thing that was coming out right before uh, we kind of took this few month hiatus, um, just kind of enjoying summer and and getting to do stuff, we really don't get to do that much. Um, Sean, you know, he's moved away, so it's it's scheduling has always kind of been an issue with us. Um, but finally got it figured out. Um, so let's kind of just start with Doctor Strange. I would argue Doctor Strange was one of the top, I would say, four Marvel movies. Um, I definitely enjoyed Doctor Strange 2. Um, the Multiverse of Madness, way more than I enjoyed the first Doctor Strange. But I do not think it peaks over uh, Thor, Love and Thunder, Thor, Ragnarok, or Guardians. So I would say I would put it at five. Um, I think all of the Avengers Thanos stuff would be like six, seven. And you guys actually might completely you know, say, no, that is not right, or I don't agree with that. I would love to know your own take on it. But the movie itself was fantastic. Now, there's a little, like, continuity issues, I think. Um, obviously, I mean, we're, of course, months past the release, so I'm, I'm just going to talk with it. Uh, Wanda, um, Scarlet Witch, is the main bad guy in the movie. And her character, you know, you see her in WandaVision, um, she comes out of her own reality and, and she is seen kind of as evil. And as she states, you know, uh, Dr. Strange in Spider-Man, uh, the newest Spider-Man, I forget the, the title of it. Um, but he alters time and alters reality to get all of, uh, you know, the own Peter Parker's back to their own time, um, to kind of reset things and get people to forget Spider-Man. So Wanda's like, well, when you alter time, you know, you're seen as a hero, but when I do it, I'm the villain. That's not fair. And I think everybody would kind of agree. Now, there's definitely, like, rights and wrongs in both situations. Wanda was doing it to, you know, she essentially enslaved an entire town and tried to make her own, uh, you know, life out of it. And, and she tried to get her own reality, where Doctor Strange was really doing it... Um, to kind of get people to, you know, forget that, the, well, to get the world to forget who Peter Parker and Spider, like to forget the connection between those two individuals. Um, and there's so many like 
plot holes and loopholes that from Spider-Man that we could go into, but I'm not going to get too sidetracked on that one, even though it does kind of really set this movie up. Uh, but it's again, it's two different situations. You know, one is enslaving an entire town to make her own reality. Doctor Strange is trying to essentially save the reality of Peter Parker and Spider-Man and kind of, you know, one, make sure people don't think he murdered uh, Mysterio and whatnot. But what really kind of gets me is, is you know, Doctor Strange definitely goes through and, you know, he's no longer the, um, uh, what, the, the Grandmaster or whatever they call it because he died during the blip. Or I say he died. He he went away, um, but he's still without a doubt the the or sorcerer supreme, supreme. That's what they call him. Um, he's without a doubt the strongest one there, and he shows that you know kind of time and time and again. Um, and I think they do cool like it's cool how he kind of dabbles into the whole dark magic of the movie. I think that action's really well done. I think you know Scarlet Witch is definitely OP in the movie though. Like she is super super strong, and I don't think. Any of the Avengers movies or WandaVision, even though WandaVision shows like she completely takes over, you know, a town, I don't think it does her any justice by showing the power that she actually has because she's like fucking strong. And even compared to Doctor Strange, it's like she, I think she solos him, um, you know, even outside of the movie, like if we're talking about like comics, like. I think she just solos everybody, if being honest with you. Um, I would give, personally, the, the overall movie, though, like, if I'm talking about it being top five, I would give the movie, like, a solid eight out of ten. I, I definitely loved the fights. Um, the build-up was cool. They, I believe, like, Miss Marvel um, is supposed to be the kind of, like, side character for that. Uh I could be wrong. I know Miss Marvel's like it's out on Disney Plus now. Um, I have to like find out all these characters again. It's been so long. American Chavez or America Chavez is who it's be. Um, but I don't know like what her superhero name is, if that makes sense. Oh, big thing. And I'm so glad I actually lo looked up the um, the cast of it is we get to see the kind of the first little spot of um, the Illuminati. And John Krasinski was in it. Like, uh, Patrick Stewart comes back. So it's, like, major. Like, it's just so, so, so cool to see. I hate that they just only tease. Like, it was 100% fan service. Because you get to see John Krasinski as Reed Richards, uh, Mr. Fantastic from the Fantastic Four. And it was absolutely awesome. And this is why I'm talking, like, I think... Uh, Wanda completely solos everybody is if you watch that, like you probably witnessed one of the most gruesome deaths uh, in any sort of Marvel movie. Um, I'm trying to look up. I'm trying to look up the deaths real quick because I, I believe it was. Uh, I, I wanted to say Black Adam, but that is not. The actual person, Charles Xavier, Reed Richards, oh, Black Bolt, that's who it was. Um, yeah, that was probably the most gruesome death of any Marvel movie that I've seen yet. And I don't think there's like, 
a bunch, you know, you can kind of throw up there to being like, oh, that was really kind of gruesome and terrifying. But that whole scene, uh, and it was really cool to see um, Peggy as as Captain Britain or whatever her, uh, you know, superhero name is. Um, Captain Carter, that's what it is. Uh, and then, you know, you get to see a new Captain Marvel and whatnot. So it's, it's the Illuminati scene was like super cool. I'm going to kind of end on the, the Doctor Strange on there. Um, and then another big time movie that's kind of going away from, I guess, comics and stuff was we had Top Gun come out, Top Gun Maverick. And if you were anybody in the United States and even across the world, because it done well everywhere, is you probably went and saw Top Gun Maverick. Um, I don't really have a whole bunch to say. Like, I really enjoyed the movie. Um, but, like, that was, I mean, it's just like a good summer fling, if that makes sense. Like, you know it's going to be, like, the the action-packed movie, you think. It's got a good story to it. It's It's definitely a good movie. Like, there's really no other way to, like, chop that up is it's it's a very 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 good summer movie you know it definitely does good um being a sequel to top gun you know even though i think like 40 years had passed since the first one so it's definitely you know i don't want to say dated but the like top gun is dated in itself so it was good but what i really 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 want to talk about um and this episode might be Seem like it's moving pretty quick. Um, it's just there's so much stuff like I'm trying to get through because there's two things I want to talk about, right? So I've started watching and I finished Dragon Ball Super uh, completely. And I, I was kind of always putting off um, watching the show just because I didn't really care for the animation style compared to DBZ. And then I was kind of unclear of where Super lies within DBZ because if you ever watch Dragon Ball Z... At the end of Dragon Ball Z, like, Goten, Trunks, like, they're all older, but you watch DBS, and they're kids again, so it's like, all right, like, the timeline sequence of it all was really, really throwing me off, so I just wasn't 100% sure, like, it was DBS, like, an alternate reality situation, um, was it, uh, what, you know, just kind of where, where does it all lie, but we're going to talk about that as I had to get my words all together. So we'll talk about that. And then um, Thor Love and Thunder that just come out um, like 10 days ago. And it's, I think there's been like an appropriate amount of time uh, that has gone through. And, you know, we can actually definitely, uh, definitely talk about it with, with, I guess there being no quote-unquote spoilers because I feel like, hey, you know, almost two weeks has gone by. Like, you you should have watched it by now. So, starting with uh, Dragon Ball Super. Okay, so we'll start there. Dragon Ball Super, to me, the power scaling, and I, I feel like a lot of people might agree with me, the power scaling on that show has been odd. You know, it's definitely, there's always been the the... Okay, you fight the big bad guy, and Goku or Vegeta are underleveled going into the fight, or they think they're at you know X, Y, and Z level, and then they definitely jump up 
into being able to uh, fight the bad guy. Like, there's always that, oh, like, we got to have that moment. Sometimes I wish they would just lose. You know, definitely not in the Tournament of Power, because I think that's that's kind of uh, what you need to, to see. But, I mean, it might just be me, but, like, sometimes I just wish they would lose. And I guess they kind of do. Frieza gets resurrected. Um by the by the Dragon Balls and he comes back he's looking for Goku he completely destroys the Z warriors uh Goku comes in he fights Frieza and then Vegeta takes over Vegeta starts like whipping Frieza um and then Frieza blows up the planet just cuz Vegeta just gives him too much time uh we undoes it all. He can go back in time, so he undoes it. Goku just kills him really quick. So, that was fine. Um, but at the same time, like I'm saying, like they, they sometimes it should just be like the loss. Like, don't have the, the plot armor and the scapegoat of being like, okay, we can just undo time and like redo everything. Like, I do wish sometimes that they would just lose um, and kind of be done. Like, I really, I'm still a believer, like, we obviously know Dragon Ball was supposed to be not a Goku story. It was supposed to be a Gohan story. And then just everybody liked Goku more, and I get it. It's he, He's a great character, but he's also way overpowered. Like, he's got the most plot armor of any anime character whatsoever. And and I really don't feel like anybody could tell me otherwise. It's everything you ever look think about, right? You The first Frieza saga, you know, Get Super Saiyan, which is fine. Like, you kind of have to have that. But he gets Super Saiyan, kills Frieza. Uh, Cell Saga, you know, he loses that fight, which I thought was cool because it was supposed to be, you know, Gohan taking it on. But then we come back with a Boo Saga, and it's like, all right, then he has a heart condition. Well, then Future Trunks comes back and saves him. Then he goes, uh, what, Gogeta? And then, or it might be Vegito. I forget which. I think, uh, you know, it's Vegito when he uses the earrings to fuse. Um, and he completely destroys, you know, Boo and everything goes. He allows himself to get absorbed so he can save, you know, Piccolo, Gohan, uh, what, Goten at that point, and then, um, and Trunks and, and even Fat Boo. And then they end up fighting Kid Boo and whatnot. So it's it's like it just shows the the point I'm making is it's like he's always winning, always winning. Um, and I feel like Vegeta does not get like his own moments. You know, like in the Tournament of Power, he fights top. I think he, I mean, definitely like runs top. And I would love, and I can't wait for the new stuff to come out because like it looks like Vegeta kind of gets his own Ultra Instinct type form. I forget the actual name of it. But like Gohan. Gohan easily has the most latent abilities to bypass both Goku and Vegeta. Now I think he loses the fight to Goku in the sense of Goku's just he wants to fight to get stronger. Like he has no obligation to anything. He doesn't fight for anybody but himself. Just to be stronger for himself. Where it's like you look at Vegeta countless times, even when Beerus showed up and you know he smacks Bulma, like Vegeta loses his shit. You know, he's the whole that's my Bulma. But he's doing that to show, like, hey, I'm actually out here to fight for the people and the things you know I truly care about. You know, Vegeta fights for his pride, he fights for his race, he fights for his family, where Goku's just like, 
you're strong. I want to fight you. And that's how he goes about the entire thing. And I think Gohan actually aligns more to like Vegeta's mindset of, you know, fighting style, like why you're fighting, why you're doing the things you're doing and, you know, actually making it really worth something. Like he's really trying to be like, Hey, like we're, we're fighters here or, you know, we're fighting for things other than just the, the power. Cause you look at anybody Goku's ever fought. It's like, you're strong. I want to fight you. Huh? Let's be friends at the end of this. So we can keep fighting you, Broly boo. He's done it to Frieza now. Vegeta, um, Jiren, Beerus, like the list goes on and on. I mean, if if we would see more Cell, like I would, I would almost guarantee you, Cell would be in that. Um, everybody he's ever fought, essentially anywhere, he's 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 befriended. I mean, even the Omni Kings, like that's that's the most powerful beings in the world, and he's like, let's fight. Uh, and then when in the little tournament of power, like the universe seven versus six, the, the little Monaka who was supposed to be the, the quote unquote strongest of the seven, but he's, you know, Beerus just had him there just to make sure Goku could be stronger. Um, he's like constantly trying to fight him. So it's, I'm I'm just kind of over Goku at this point. Like, and it's not because I hate Goku. It's just like, I want to see the, the transition to like, I would rather watch more Vegeta or more Gohan. I'm kind of, you know, Goku's cool. Like, he he's essentially a god. I mean, I think he has the power at this point to kill gods. Because it's been hinted at, you know, where they, even before he got to Autonomous Ultra Instinct, like, he was getting up there in power to, like, really take on Beerus. And, like, there's been a bunch of, like, fan stuff where, you know, Goku becomes a destroyer. And then let alone, like, you look at a fusion, like, if... Uh, the earrings, if they were actual, like, forever, you know, combination like they are for the Kais, um, Vegito would be, like, without a doubt, just beyond OP. Because then you talk about, like, the things that kept Goku from Ultra Instinct and, you know, let's say Vegeta in their own respective rights, they would kind of level each other out where there would be no nothing really holding either of them back because it's the combination of the both people. So the fighting abilities just get even stronger. Like I would love to watch stuff like that. I just let's let's kind of get away from the Goku at this point. I, I think we're and I think that's what the new Dragon Ball movie is really trying to do. It's like getting back to Gohan being like the super strong dude that he actually is because Gohan is fucking strong. We've seen it from the future timelines and the alternate timelines. Now here he focus on academics which it sucks because it's like you look at cell saga you know super saiyan 2 gohan like that was the dude to have you know i remember playing like budokai and tenkaichi and it's like you got all you know you got super saiyan 3 goku you got you know super saiyan 2 vegeta you got this and that and that but it's like no super saiyan 2 team gohan was the man and still is like dude's just so strong and he just let all that slip away and i but Again, I think he could be even stronger of a fighter because he has his family. And, like, you know, the the tournament of power kind of, I think, shows him. Like, it obviously shows him training again and how strong he gets training again because he was one of the last, you know, top ten fighters. But he can do so much more. And I think he's going to be just like Vegeta where he's going to be able to fight because he's 
fighting for something. Like, he's going to get stronger because of something, where Goku is just, you know, kind of like a rock, if that makes sense. Like, he's, he's so simple. Like, rock smashes other rock. Like, that's how he thinks, where it's, you know, Vegeta in, in Gohan, I would argue, is more of like water going through rocks. Like, they're breaking it down over time and, you know, making their channel, like, deeper and deeper. I mean, it's it's. I know that's kind of like a weird analogy, but like that's in my mind the the simplicity between the two. It's like some are fighting for something, where others, you know, i.e. Go Goku is just fucking fighting just for the hell of it. Um, but I'm gonna transition off of the Dragon Ball talk because I think I've made my point clear enough. Uh, we're gonna take a quick short break and then talk about Thor: Love and Thunder for the second half of the show. All right. So, let's talk about Thor, Love, and Thunder. And I will give you, right now, um, I talked about it earlier, just kind of Marvel movie rankings. I would put Guardians, both 1 and 2, at the 1 and 2 position. Uh, You can flop them either which way. I think both of the Guardians movies. I think Guardians 1 um, set the stage for... All Marvel movies, they they kind of gave it the direction that they needed to go, and it showed exactly what Marvel needed and wanted to do. If I'm being honest, uh, Guardians Two followed suit. I think it's fantastic. So I guess with that being said, I would put again. You can interchange them, but if we're talking about uh, ranking structure and what is the most important, I would put Guardians One at number one, Guardians Two at number two. Um, Spider-Man, I believe it was, it was No Way Home was the newest one. Yeah, that was 2021. So I would say, actually, I would put Thor Ragnarok at three, excuse me. Um, and then Love and Thunder might be four or five with Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness and Spider-Man kind of all tied up in there somewhere. Um, the reason I say it drops down that far is for a few things. Firstly, the movie itself, and it is, I don't think it's just me who feels this way, is feels like a Thor Marvel parody movie that takes place in the Marvel Universe. And there's really no other way to put that. They went really, really heavy on the comedy in this movie. And I'm not, like, super against it, but I think it should have been towed down um, just a little bit. So, just to kind of give you guys the idea of what this movie is. If you haven't seen it yet, spoilers are coming. Um, But Jane Foster, Thor's love interest through the first two movies and then uh, kind of in, you know, some of the the Endgame movie and... uh, whatever the other one was, um, she gets the powers of Thor. Uh, she has cancer, stage four, um, and she felt uh, Mjolnir, because as we know in Ragnarok, it broke, and all the pieces fell to the ground. Well, at the end of Endgame and Ragnarok, well, at the end of Ragnarok, you know, they're, they're sailing to find a new Asgard, because Asgard was destroyed by... Uh, Oh, Sultor, Sultan, or whatever, and Helena. Um, but they they come to Earth where 
uh, Odin, you know, passes away and they create that as new Asgard. Well, you know, that's where Thor's hammer breaks and, you know, they, they kind of make uh, more or less a shrine around the hammer because even though the hammer is broken, it still can only be picked up by someone who is worthy. So all the pieces are laying on the ground, but no one can move them. So they just kind of made a shrine to it and, you know, they would show it off like on tours and whatnot. So Asgard to me goes from being like this godly place to kind of just this tourist attraction, which is kind of odd because they have a bunch of, um, you know, like touristy things. Like one of them, it's like the infinity shake or whatever. And it's like an ice cream parlor and it's, you know, the infinity gauntlet, uh, Again, Thor's hammer is, is, you know, in kind of like this little dome and people can come take pictures of it. Uh, they, they do like magical boat rides. So it's, it's just kind of very, it's just a little too comedy. You know, like it's, this is supposed to still be Asgard. Like I get it. It's on earth, but like, come on now. Um, but Jane Foster gets gets cancer, and she hears Mjolnir calling to her. So she goes, travels to Asgard, and at this point, you know, Thor's off-world. He's, he's fighting um, with the Guardians of the Galaxy, and, you know, he's just kind of getting sick and tired of just winning everything all the time, if, if for the lack of better terms. And at the same time, we learn about the um, main villain in the, in the movie, Christian Bale, play, which... Christian Bale, the best casting I think you could have ever gotten for this character, uh, Gore the God Butcher. And if you're familiar with the comics, like this is a very, very, very cool character, badass character. Uh, his daughter dies in this, you know, in a desert wasteland. Their planet kind of goes to shit. And he's constantly asking the gods, like, hey, can you help us? Can you help us? And then he ends up meeting his god, and his god's like, oh, you're, I'm not actually going to help you. You know, you're just here to, to serve me. And so Gore's like, well, we've all died. Like, there's no one to here for you. And the god just, he's like, I don't care. He's like, I'll just make more people later. And so Gore gets pissed off. He gets um, a, this evil sword that can kill gods, and he takes a vow that he's going to kill all the gods. And sure enough, that's what he starts doing. Um, so he starts to go after um, the Norse gods, which would be like Thor and all of them. And uh, Thor kind of catches wind of it. So he goes back to um, Asgard on Earth, and he tries to start helping, you know, check things out. And that's when Gorf shows up and, they have a big fight scene or whatnot, and that's when you find Jane Foster becomes, you know, Thor. Uh, and Thor himself is kind of, like, taken back at it. Once he finds it's Jane Foster, they, they kind of have this weird little love thing, and it, the movie tails into them kind of getting back together. But at the same time, again, the comedy side of it is Thor's got Stormbreaker. Uh, Jane Foster's got Mjolnir. Well, Thor's kind of, like, always trying to like, I don't, I want to say like win back Mjolnir. Um, but he's always messing, you know, trying to talk to it. And, you know, at times Stormbreaker will just float in on screen and like, just look at Thor. Um, and it's kind of hard to, to explain expressions from an inanimate object, but you can kind of get the idea of what, you know, like even just looking at it, it, it makes for funny scenes, but they dive onto that. Like they really try to sell that bit. It's like Thor talking to Mjolnir and then Stormbreaker 
like won't listen to Thor. Like he's trying to cast, you know, call it in. And it's like reluctant to come in and stuff like that. So very, very odd. I think they, they push that just a little too much. Um, further in the movie, you know, they go to what would be like Mount Olympus, uh, where all the gods are. And like Zeus is played by Russell Crowe, which I think is hilarious. Zeus is a funny, funny character. Um, Thor ends up taking Zeus's lightning bolt to go fight Gore. Uh, you know, obviously they win at one point, but, um, well, actually they kind of win and lose at the same time. The music of the movie's great. I think the roles were casted really good. Um, but I think the movie in itself was just like, it was a parody. It's wasn't as good as Ragnarok in the sense of the actual storytelling or just the seriousness of the movie. The visuals were absolutely fantastic. Like there's, I don't think there's any bit of visual, like anything that wouldn't really let you down here. Everything about that movie in that aspect was great. It's just the, the, the just kind of overall process of the movie was, was again, very much parody, like comedy, um, you know, and just didn't really seem to take the movie very seriously. The music was fantastic. That's, kind of all musics with this, you know, when Marvel just kind of gets the music down and, and this is again, kind of like, it's got a very eighties feel to it. So, you know, you're going to get a lot of music that you like from that era. Um, and I, I enjoy the music. I enjoy the movie overall. If you go into the movie, not really thinking, you know, like, Oh, I, I really hope I get like this super cool Thor movie. Like you'll, you might be disappointed, but if you go in there just like, Oh, you know, like I'm going to have another fun summer movie. You, you'll enjoy it. Um, again, I gave Thor like seven and a half to eight out of 10. Um, and I think that's, that's very fair for the, the movie that we got in return, um, without being like way too critical. Cause like, if I was really being nitpicky, you would probably fall down to like, uh, five and a five and a half to like six if it's like based off of what we've seen you know out of Thor Ragnarok Guardians and even the most latest Marvel movies it's like you know it is what it is type situation and I get it like maybe that's not they they weren't going for a more serious role but again they they overplayed the comedy just a little too much like it shouldn't be a comedy movie but I don't want to rap on the movie too hard again it's a good movie Go see it if you want. Um, like I said, like I personally gave it like a seven and a half to an eight. Uh, and that's just be, kind of being loose about it. Um, and I mean, I enjoyed it. It was a good little summer movie. To finish the podcast, though, we got about 10 minutes left um, in this episode. This is going to be a little bit shorter of an episode, but it's, you know, first one back. Got to get back into the swing of things is I want to talk about real quick two shows that are about to be hitting us. And then one game that I've been waiting for years. So the first one, and both these shows I believe are dropping this year. I'm like double checking as we speak just to make sure because I had everything pulled up about it. Um, okay, yeah. So first one, we'll go with the most, the one that's coming out the soonest is going to be dropping August 21st of 2022. So we got like a month and that is uh, Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon. It is a prequel to Game of Thrones. So it's the story of the Targaryen Civil War that took place about 300 years before the events portrayed in Game of Thrones. So it follows House Targaryen. Um, 
and everything with them. I am honestly really, really excited about this. It's based on the Fire and Blood book by George R. R. Martin. Everything I've seen so far looks good. And I know a lot of people are kind of eh on Game of Thrones after last season. And I understand. I, I honestly really, really, really understand. I think that, you know, kind of mindset is is okay. I think it's it's definitely, you know, understandable because I know we've all seen the picture of like the drawing of the horse it's like the first three or four seasons of Game of Thrones it's like the horse is immaculate like the fifth season it like becomes like a stick drawing and the sixth season it's like not even existent for lack of better terms but I think it's going to be good I think we kind of I I think HBO and and how the show was I think they kind of saw like hey this is what people really responded well to and this is what they didn't and then with kind of House of Dragon, we know we're going to get a Jon Snow. It's been announced. Um, I have to look it up. I believe it's Game of Thrones Snow, um, I, I believe is the title. And it looks like it's going to be super, super good. I would love to see some form um, or just, I guess, hints. Well, it takes 300 years beforehand, so I guess you're really not going to see anything kind of with Jon Snow. I would love to see, oh man, I forget what his, Robert Baratheon, I believe his name was, um, from Game of Thrones. He's the king, like in the first season. Uh, I think it would be really, really cool to kind of get like a spinoff series of him um, and coming into power. I, I just personally think like that would be awesome. Uh but I'm actually really excited about the House of Dragon. It's, you know, I kind of have been needing to get my my Game of Thrones fix in here recently, and I need to go ahead and start rewatching the season just to kind of get ready for the House of Dragon. I think it would be really fun, um, and I think it's going to be good. I, it's, I'm kind of glad I kept my HBO because I really don't. <laughs> I haven't really watched anything on it since Game of Thrones. So I mean, and we're talking like almost three, four, five years at this point since the season's ended, or the show itself's ended, which is crazy to think about. Um, and then another show I want to talk about is, again, kind of this fantasy stuff, is we're getting the a Lord of the Rings series, The Rings of Power, um, and that's going to be coming sometime this year. September 2nd, the first episode's going to premiere, and that's going to be on Amazon Prime. That looks really good. I'll be the first one to tell you, I've really never been a big Lord of the Rings person. And it's not because I don't like it or anything. It's just I've never really got into it. Like, I've watched the movies, and my my siblings, my both brothers, are, like, big, big Lord of the Rings people. You know, I've, like, I've read The Hobbit. I've never read any of the, the actual, like, Twin Towers or whatever it is. Like, I've never read any of those books. Um, I've, I've watched all the movies, and, like, they're good movies, but, I, it's like, I'm not a diehard Lord of the Rings fan. Like, uh, 90% I feel like the world is at this point. Um, I think the show would be good. I'm actually very interested. I didn't know about it until I saw a trailer on YouTube about it. It's, you know, I went to go watch a video, and that was the trailer that popped up. And I was like, this looks super good. What is it? And then I saw it's the Lord of the Rings, um, Rings of Power. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. So this is a series that brings to the screen for the very first time 
the heroic legends of the fabled second age of Middle Earth's history. The epic drama is set a thousand years before the event of The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings and takes viewers back to an era in which great power were forged. So I imagine the king, um, or the rings, kingdoms rose to glory and fell to ruin. Unlikely heroes were tested. Hope hung by the finest of threads and the greatest villain that ever flowed from Tolkien's pen threatened to cover all the world in darkness. So definitely sounds really cool. That's just like a very short synopsis. Um, there's, there's more to it, but I don't feel like kind of really going on. It looks like, you know, you're going to go from the Misty Mountains to the Elf Capital in Linden uh, to the Kingdom. And I'm going to butcher this name. So, um, Numenor. Yeah, not even going to go try that a second time. Uh, but it's adapted from the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. So, we know it's definitely going to tie in there. Like I said, it's it takes place uh, before, you know, the Hobbit, the Lord of the Rings. It's, it's just going to... I think it's going to be good. I think you can do a lot with this series. I think you can do a lot even after, um, you know, the the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings, like even post that stuff too, or even in between it. And that's what I like about these series, like Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings. Like there's just so much stuff you can do and like so many kind of like side aisles you can go on where you can be like, all right, spinoff series here and there and, you know, this and that. And I think everybody would like it. I think people, again... I want to see a Jon Snow movie um, based on the events after Game of Thrones. Not even a movie, a show. Um, and you give me like six, seven, eight episodes. Like just enough, like an hour each episode or 45 minutes each episode. I'd be cool with that. Um, I'm, I'm super excited, like I said, for the House of Dragon. Uh, I'm pretty sure those episodes are probably going to be, you know, relatively long. Like we expect them to be, you know, I mean, like an hour, you know, anywhere between 55 to an hour and 20. Like I would, that's kind of where I expect everything to be. Uh, Lord of the Rings series, I think it's going to be really cool. It's I'm excited to watch that too. I am really worried though. It's like one comes out August 21st and the other one's September 2nd. Like, are they going to have to compete for viewership or are you going to be like me and be like, all right, I'm watching, you know, Game of Thrones this day and Lord of the Rings this day. Like hopefully they don't come out the same night. Um, cause I think that is going to possibly really affect one or the other. So with that being said, we're going to transition to the last few minutes of the podcast and talk about something I have been so excited. So, so, so excited to talk about, and I've wanted to talk so much, uh, about it, you know, especially recently. And that is, a game called Skate 4, which is officially called Skate. So it's going to be free to play and have cross-platform or cross-play and cross-progression. So first off, I hope to God, if you grew up, you know, playing this game like I did, you're just as excited as I am. So Skate 4, again, officially called Skate, is going to be free-to-play on PlayStation, Xbox, PC, maybe Switch. I, I haven't really seen anything about it, um, but I would be very surprised if they don't go that route. And that is going to be, like, off-rip. And Now, I can definitely see a lot of in-game purchases, you know, coming from this. But this is the successor to Skate, Skate 2, and Skate 3. Uh, and, and I, like, I couldn't be 
any more excited. So the game's going to take place in San Manstardam, which is the sister city of two skate and skate two's San Vanilona. Um, so, I mean, I imagine it's probably going to be something kind of along the same lines. The graphics, and again, we've seen pre-pre-alpha gameplay. Um, we've seen a lot of, like, dev stuff in the sense of, like, the little trailer they worked on it. And, you know, the whole thing about the... Uh, the whole thing about the trailer, it's like, hey, look, we're working on this. Like, this is, you know, like... We're, we're here. We're, we hear you guys. Like, we are working on it. And that's all I think anybody ever wanted. Um, but there's going to be no pay to win, no map areas locked behind paywalls, no paid loot boxes, which is actually really nice, and then no paid gameplay advantages. So it looks like everything's really just going to be cosmetic that you're paying for here. So that's really, really, really nice. Um, so Skate 4 is... is we're saying it's it's really not a sequel, reboot, or remake, um, but a new platform to be built on. So uh, what this really means is don't expect a Skate 5 or 6, 7, whatever, but just look forward to Skate in general. Like just just the the foundations of a new series kind of, or just a, not only want to even say a new series, but just the development of skating games you know, there in itself, which is, I think is a really cool statement to be made. It's like, Hey, you look, we love one, two, three, but it is not a sequel or a prequel. It's, it's going to be its own thing. Like it's, we're starting kind of back from zero and like, we're making this even better. I'm really excited about skate. I've absolutely loved the skate games. If you haven't seen, um, the newest boardroom developer update video, Go check it out. Uh, if you haven't seen anything about the game, go check it out. It's Skate's fantastic. I mean, I, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to call it. Uh, when we see this game go live, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, all the gaming streaming platforms will be flooded with this game. I promise you. I will be there playing it. Um, you know, you can catch us on Gamish, <laughs> Gamish Podcast on Twitch.com or twitch.tv, whatever it is, uh, yeah, like we'll be playing it. It's 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 going to be great. It's going to be a blast. I promise you people are going to grind the shit out of this game. It's going to be everywhere. Hopefully, we don't see what we see here in recent times is, is this massive flood of everybody coming to this game and then it dying out. Like, I still play Skate 3 on my Xbox, like, and that game came out on the 360. So, it's... I'm... I'm big into it. I love it and I'm super excited for it. But uh yeah, that's really it for this podcast. Hope you guys um enjoyed it. Thank you so much if you're coming back and listening after months uh off. Thanks for staying with us. It's like I said, I know it's it's been a big kind of gap in time and and you know, I hate for that to happen, but you know, we're trying to just enjoy summer a little bit, trying to just relax and I kind of feel like this is really what we need to start doing to get back into it. So um, definitely be on the lookout for the next episodes. There's a bunch of stuff coming out that, that I really want to talk about. And uh, check us out over on Twitter, at Gamish Podcast on Twitter. Like I said, we're on Twitch. We stream every Sunday, um, D&D right now. So if you, you like D&D, hop in the stream. Uh, we typically kick off 6 p.m. Central Time. So 7 p.m. Eastern, 
I really don't know what the time is going back out west. Uh, watch us have a pretty good little group of players, and we all enjoy playing, and we pretty we get into character, you know, very very well. So maybe uh one of these episodes might be be a D and D talk. So if you guys enjoy that, definitely be on the lookout. But uh yeah, until next time, I've been Brandon. This has been Gamish Podcast.